Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Agony Rising. And this is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Also, uh, welcome back to Agony. This is your second time on the show, huh? Yeah, second one, finally. (laughs) <laughs> hey man it's really nice to have you on i mean we were uh we were having a blast with your stream the other the other day rip <laughs> yeah. uh, rip is fucking i was so upset it was 47 hours 56 minutes and 49 seconds that the that my stream crashed and it wasn't even my system it wasn't the game it was actually uh the streaming service i was going with that crashed out I know that that yeah. fucking sucks, dude. I'm sorry, man. That, I mean, yeah, you were you were going for the world record, and I think you would have done it, dude. But it's a cool yeah. it, it, attempt. It maybe later at another point, you know, like uh, that. That's it, that's part of life, right? <laughs> yeah. Succeed. Try. Try again. That's that's the plan right now. I'm going to be using Elden Ring again for that one too. Okay badass hey man we're all behind it um and Mm -hmm. and we're happy to check in on the stream that was a lot of fun uh hanging around for at least you know the first day or so and then i just really wanted to dive into the to the game myself and that's what we're talking about today we're talking about elden ring uh doing a little bit late for a game launch episode i guess because uh usually we want to try to get these out within a week or two um but it's it's within you know a month or so so <laughs> we're gonna keep things mostly spoiler free obviously the game's been out for some time so i'm not gonna be as worried about it on this episode yeah. but um but yeah no uh first off uh agony what uh what are your thoughts you know having put uh, more time than e- either of the you know the rest of us have <laughs> yeah so uh, as as the last time I checked, I had put about 185 hours into the game already. And honestly, it has to be one of my favorite FromSoft games and probably one of my favorite games to date that has come out entirely. Damn. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Um, I, I don't have a lot of experience with the From Software titles myself. I've played a little bit of Dark Souls. Um, I, do, I did actually start playing Dark Souls again. Uh, I got Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch. And, you know, I played a little bit of that, kind of preparing for this episode, I suppose. But most of the time, I really wanted to dive into the world of Elden Ring. Uh, Megan, you, uh, what, what is your experience with From Software games? Um, Agony. <laughs> 
<laughs> literally all agony. Like whenever okay. we were younger, like I would just watch him play this game. Um, for me personally, you know, um, I, it's not really, it's a very, very niche game, but there are a lot of things that I, I do want to want to touch on and talk about, especially because one of my favorite writers and authors is in this, um, mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin. So, you know, I'm very, very excited about that aspect alone. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. No, I uh I I think it as soon as I heard that George R. R. Martin was working on a game with Hidetaka Miyazaki, uh instantly I, I I was I was hype. And what's funny is I didn't find out about this until fairly late, but as I understand it, this game has been in anticipated for quite a while, right? Like six years, the, right? The game was announced to be in progress uh near the last DLC for Dark Souls three. And since then, it's probably been one of like the most uh, like masked but hyped games, I'd have to say, because what was shown for us when we first heard about it was not what we actually got. Yeah. Every every leak that we have gotten about Elden Ring up to release has been from from soft themselves doing it because that's that's their marketing strategy. That's what they do. And they they just lead you so off topic. Like everyone was everyone had heard that there was four class systems that you were fighting. Like we were given like a very generalized viewpoint of what we got, which was, you know, going kingdom to kingdom, fighting the rulers of the kingdom, getting their powers and going elsewhere. That was, that was pretty much what we got. We did not expect Elden ring, which is why a lot of people during E3, when it was shown was very confused, especially myself seeing like this really majestically beautiful glowing tree. Like what the, like what, what are we looking <laughs> at here? What is going on? Yeah, and just you see the FromSoft title, and it's like, all right, you know, hands down, like this is this is the game that's gonna blow out E3, and that's exactly what happened. Fuck yeah, yeah. I um the first time I heard about it was actually at uh, I think uh, it was the, the the last Game Awards where they talked about this being the most highly anticipated game uh, of the year, um, which which is funny, you know, because that was actually you know that was very recent and. Then I, you know, as soon as I heard, I heard about there, I couldn't didn't stop hearing about it because I think, like you said, they kind of kept it under wraps for the most part and didn't show a lot of the gameplay until right before. And then uh, soon, but even then, it's kind of like running into this game. You really don't know what to expect, um, except except what you are going to expect from a Soulsborne game, I suppose, which is that <laughs> you're in this area in the beginning that's kind of a tutorial area. They're going to throw a boss at you that you're intended to probably die by. <laughs> so the the interesting thing is like the, the first boss, the Grafted Scion, right? The very first one you ever meet, it's like a giant weird spider looking thing. Mm-hmm. You can beat the first time through you're able to beat them like every other souls born boss you're able to beat them first time through but the problem is is that they're scaled to mid-game level so when you go through the first time you're extremely under leveled for it you can you can beat them but it's going to be very hard to do so um i'm i'm on my third or fourth new game so i've started over i have all my equipment from my first playthrough and i just kept going through everything is harder you get more ruins every time you kill something um but actually fighting the the grafted scion now is just just like a walk in a park it's a complete difference from the first time you play through till now now it's just just like night and day difference yeah yeah i mean i know know a lot of these games are designed you know with new game plus in mind but one one cool thing about Elden Ring I suppose is that 
because it's an open world game and because you're intended to be able to go to places, you know, you can actually go back and do things that you would have saved for the next game on the same file because it's an open world. And it almost seems natural. I'm kind of surprised it took as long as it did for uh, a Soulsborne game, you know, with, with the... Uh, the way that these sorts of action RPGs really focus on grinding and and constantly, you know, dying in order to learn, you know, what to do and what not to do. You would think that an open world would complement that perfectly, and it does. <laughs> Honestly, I think it has got to be one of the best open worlds I've seen because it's not, you know, it's like, it's like I told my stream whenever I was doing it. There's always something happening, no matter where you're at no matter like what position you may find yourself in, if you just stop in Elden Ring and you just look around, you'll see the trees moving. You'll see, you know, uh, NPCs, like enemies just walking around or enemies are talking or enemies are interacting with something, or you'll see like the wildlife moving. There's always something happening. And I think that's what really makes the game so unique is that for something where like you are the main character, you don't feel like a main character because everybody help, everybody has their own things that they're doing. Everyone has their own problems that they're trying to fix. Like um, like Alexander Warrior Jar, right? He, you find him stuck in a hole. But he's off yeah. on his own trying to become like one of the strongest warriors like in, in the land. So he's doing his own thing. You have no correlation with really helping him out too much because you can't help. You cannot help him. Right. And then you have somebody like... Um, like Gostock, the gatekeeper from Stormville Castle, who notoriously steals your runes if you die. Um, really? I haven't yeah, come across that. You, That's funny because I'm at Stormville Castle, you know, and I, I'm i still at Stormville Castle, by the way. <laughs> I haven't even beat Margit yet. <laughs> That's, but, okay, so <laughs> whenever you beat Margit, you're going to find this uh, NPC named uh, Gostock. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to tell you to take a side path. Do not die. Okay. Whatever runes you may go in, if you die, those runes up until you beat the 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 boss uh, uh-huh. Godric in Stormvale Castle, you will lose bits of runes every single time you die. I think it's like five percent of your runes get taken away every single time. Damn. Yeah, so that's I, I would. That's flacked. Uh yeah, I mean, this game is, is full of punishing examples like that, though. I mean, obviously, you've got the the classic. Um, structure of when you die you have to go pick up your items or you lose all of your currency in this game ruins you know that's just like dark souls and other Soulsborne games but uh what what it but what they also do sometimes is they'll throw you into situations where uh you kind of actually just lost those runes like even in the round table hold that one fucking npc invader uh mad tongue alberic or something i saw you fighting that motherfucker on the stream and i tried to fight that motherfucker on the stream and by the way your runes are gone if you fight him and you don't win (laughs) yeah well no so you can actually get you can get your runes back but thing is what people don't tell you you have to beat him though no, no, no. You can get your runes back if oh. you have a, an item called the sacrificial twig, which oh. people don't tell you because it's just a twig. And you put it on your talisman, and what happens is whenever you die, the the twig itself breaks, but you keep all your runes. So always go into battle with that. If you don't know what you're getting into, yeah, yeah. If you don't know what you're getting into, take a sacrificial twig because you. If you die, then obviously you're not going to have to really worry about going and grabbing your runes. You have what you went in there with, and then you can go back and you know grind and level yourself up again. Yeah. 
So there's a way to avoid it, but that's the thing though. The game doesn't tell you that. So 100% no. players have, can be put in these positions where you know you're just punished. It's welcome to Dark Souls, bitch. It's a it's a meme for a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it really like is just Dark Souls reskinned. Like it's like it, oh, add a touch of brightness, perfect. An yeah, open it's world. Like add a different shade. A different yeah. shade. Open the world up a little bit, and then just like make make a little bit more weather. We're good. Done. <laughs> done literally genius like i i honestly when i when i saw the trailer for this game i was expecting something a little bit different i didn't expect it to be just dark souls reskinned and i'll i'll be honest i was i was i know that this is what these developers like thrive for but like i was expecting a little bit more i'm not gonna lie i know that's probably just a me thing but i was like i i don't know i don't know how to feel about this at all like i was like okay well uh-huh. I guess if you came into it wanting to get the open world Dark Souls and it's just, I mean, the cherry on top is that, hey, George R. R. Martin's involved and it's technically it's new yeah. a new IP. But I, I, I get what you're saying, you know, because like, for yeah. instance, Sekiro was something that was actually a little bit different from uh, other other uh, from soft titles, you know, it's exactly. not really a Soulsborne game. It doesn't have the as many, many of the RPG aspects. So, you know, exactly. You know. That's that's kind of what I was expecting something like Sekiro, so I was like, okay, like, um, well, it'll be a little bit different direction, but maybe similar in that aspect. And it was like, nope, Dark Souls Four, technically, like, okay, cool. <laughs> but see, like, they're obviously, I mean, they're probably gonna throw new IPs into the thing. I think this was, I mean, this is the Dark Souls Four, I guess. This is the sequel to that, and I guess if you're coming into it expecting that, I mean, that that's that's yeah. at least what I thought. You know, are they hard at work on something new? new yes. maybe you yes. know okay no they they've 100 percent confirmed it already because i think within like a week or two ago they had confirmed that they had sold over 12 million copies yeah and bandai namco and fromsoft have both agreed that they are working on more for elden ring because it is pretty much just enveloped enveloped the the gaming world more so than what they had expected mm-hmm. just like i was telling my uh my moderator um from like you're you're gonna see starting from like I'd say the first DLC on for like the first Elden Ring DLC that drops mm-hmm. onward, you're gonna see a complete shift in RPG games. They're going to follow that role. That's what happened with Dark Souls. Yeah. Because Dark Souls one and Dark Souls three uh had won game of the year. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls one and Sekiro won uh game of the decade. And then Dark Souls One had won like best game ever. Like it's, it's, they, they've thrived on fixing RPGs as it should be, uh, you know, dark, gritty, hard, but rewarding RPG. That's, that's what FromSoft has pretty much built their empire on. Same with Armored Core. It's a dark, gritty, Armored Core and uh, RPG. Yeah. When are we getting another and Armored Core game? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. But I do know that there's talks of Elden Ring 2 already in the works. They're yeah. thinking about making uh, TV shows and movies with Elden Ring. And most likely it's going to be animated. Uh-huh. Not going to complain. Because if it's done right, then it's going to be really good. And then they're yeah, thinking like about doing comic one. books. Yeah. And then I think they're doing comic books for Elden Ring as well. So I think Elden Ring is pretty much becoming its own personality at this point because of how how explosive it is. And if you look at social media, it, even like a month after, usually where all the hype dies out about a month afterwards, Elden Ring is still climbing with its hype. 
it is, and that's why I, I'm actually been kind of cool with the fact that we're releasing this episode a little bit later than I had planned. Because uh, with other games, you know, sometimes we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get it out; it'll be like two weeks later, a month later, and it's like, okay, yeah. nobody's really talking about this anymore. But in this case, you know, um, 100% not the case. Elden Ring. Well, we is, did that with Horizon too, but Horizon yeah. has it's also still like, being talked about. Yeah, it's still being talked about, and it has, like, minimum, like, 80 hours of gameplay to even do the fucking story, so, I mean, it's fair. Um, I don't know. I'm still I'm still really on the Aloy train. I'm not even going to lie to you guys because we're <laughs> playing that right now, and I'm fucking... I'm falling in love with gaming again, and this is, like, really doing it for me, so, like, I will not stop talking about it because that was, like, my New Year's goal, so... I am actually thinking about picking up Elden Ring. Um, I've never really played any of the Dark Souls before, and I know that's something that's just completely gonna fucking kick my ass. But I think it'd be exciting to play. Like y'all are y'all are convincing me. So <laughs> the the one of my favorite things with Elden Ring too is that a lot of people, you know, going in mm-hmm. don't understand how the multiplayer works. So yeah. the, that's that's where they get you is because Dark Souls had a very wonky very very wonky very kind of fractured uh multiplayer and co-op system yeah it wasn't always working well elden ring is it's an amazing amazing system like the the co-op and the multiplayer everything it works just it's amazing it's almost seamless yeah and um i agree having like go oh, my my apologies go ahead no 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 go ahead <laughs> I, was, I was about to say like you know it's it's crazy because like I play with all like I play with my friends. We have like a password setup that we use, and the fact that like I can just go and you know invade my friends just just to just to make fun of them or pick on them or something. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's like encouraging and, griefing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I grief my friends all the time. Like we at one point, oh, me shit. and a couple of my other friends were uh, we're just you know all right. So the the thing that we like doing is that, like a lot of well, like. My friends will sit down, a sign, like a little red duelist sign, and I'll set one down or something, and we'll invite, like, invade each other just, just to, just to like pick with, like, pick on each other. And uh, a lot of the times, like, they'll they'll have like weapons that they found. They're like, hey, I want to show off this weapon, or hey, I want to use this weapon, or I want to try out this armor set. And um, so we'll just sit there and we'll we'll do that, or we'll use the mimic veil, and we'll like we'll use uh, the taunters telling that you get from Mad Tongue Outbreak, and we'll have a mimic veil, and so we'd use that, and we'd just hide from. Uh, we just hide from like other people and stuff like that. It's fun. Yeah, there's a big cooperative multiplayer aspect in this game. I feel like even, you know, uh, more so than 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 in pen and past games. Uh, I remember even like I was I was at work and I'm I'm looking in the the chat and people are actually talking about playing Elden Ring and like going over to each other's worlds and giving each other items to like make like you know someone was like hey i got a lot of items like i can make you op and apparently he knew how to like item dupe or something and so <laughs> people can yeah, just you like can, you can duplicate uh ashes of war actually with uh the lost uh lost ashes i think it was called in the walking mausoleums right yes yeah you can get your remembrances from the walking mausoleums although no, you can dupe the remembrances there that's right okay yeah i took down one of those but i didn't have any remembrances yet so <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, well, I can't go, do anything. You you can go back. You can go back to them. Yeah. They, they don't get back up after you take them down in your playthrough. 
Nice. Okay. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Cause I remember like, I came back to it at one point and it was still down and I was like, okay, cool. But yeah, no, like there's so much to do. And that's what I, I remember talking about this on the stream, but you can actually just, uh, like if you get bored and you're tired of doing something, you can go do something else. And, uh, it's even cooler that at any given point, you know, somebody can invade your world. And I, I actually kept, I just rant run whenever I see an invader, I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I'm powerful enough. Um, even whenever I'm playing offline and I guess they're NPC invaders. Yes. Um, and they'll just come by and I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) So one of my favorite things with, uh, with Elden Ring too, is they took their old storytelling technique from dark souls. So a lot of people who are new, like, you know, Megan, probably you who haven't really touched Dark Souls are going in, probably told, hey, go do this. All right, well, what's going on? Right. Like, what is happening? What am I supposed to do? Like, what, what, like, what is the lore behind this stuff? And if yes. you want the answer, if you want the answer to that, item descriptions. Yeah. That's it. You That's have so to read weird. your item. Yeah, read the descriptions, the items, the armor sets, the weapons, you know, the items that you pick up, key items, stuff like that. Everything tells you the story. And then it's on you to kind of piece it together because you are you. You are tarnished. You are your character. So you make you. But you can help the NPCs. You can kill them. You can just not worry about them. You can do whatever it is you need to do. Yeah, and and I know, like, ultimately, like, your decisions are going to, end up shaping reality you know on your quest to become the elden lord um i i know like i don't i know that there are multiple different endings in the game there are four, four. i think i think there's like there's six is what i read no. but no four. okay and i i can guarantee you that because i've done all of them nice <laughs> Uh, there's the, there's the one that's very, uh, it's a very, very hidden one because it's a long, long quest, but it's, uh, the age of stars. There's the age of the golden order. Mm-hmm. There's the age of frenzied flame. And then there's just the ending. Right. So there's like, yeah, I know like it's kind of, it's kind of determined based on, and we'll obviously what we won't get into it, but, um, like I know, like g- generally, that it, you know, there's a path that's like if you complete the story, this is what you get. But then there's like, okay, if you do this side quest and make this decision, well, then you can do this, or or this happens. <laughs> yes, there's so there is one key NPC. Well, there's two key NPCs that you would generally need for like a full-on story shift, and that is a uh, scribe Cohen. Mm-hmm. He talks like when he leaves the round table hold, he talks about uh, talking about a man with a golden mask. Well, if you can find the golden mask, that is an NPC for the golden order. And then gotcha. if you help, if you help the, NC, uh, the NPC, uh, the witch Ronnie, if you help her, she's the one like her quest lines, what leads up to the age of stars. Yeah. And then there's another one that's not really an NPC. It's the, uh, the frenzied three fingers which is in Lindell. I'm not going to say where, because that's on you guys to figure that out. Um, (laughs) That gives you the frenzied flame, which gives you pretty much the bad ending, like the worst ending. The worst ending. Damn. (laughs) And like the, the, the picture of the worst ending, like where where it peels back and it shows like the whole issue of like what you have caused. 
that is my uh, that's my background because it's it was an amazing fucking picture. <laughs> amazing. That is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's crazy what you can actually do to sort of, you know, like to, to just shape the world that you're in. And what's funny is, like you said, you're just another tarnished. You're just, you know, one of many that are trying to go after this goal. And I guess maybe by the end, you're the one that actually ends up accomplishing it, maybe. But <laughs> it is cool that we're in these shoes of, you know, just, just, you know, some other dude. We don't even really know his backstory or her backstory, their backstory, what, you know, anything about them other than that, you you know, you, the, the Erd tree doesn't like you, f- told you to fuck off and, uh, you're tarnished now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because like, like you said, you're just another tarnished. You're in the race for the Elden Lord. Like, um, somebody you may meet along the road is a Nefeli Lou, which is another tarnished. Like you're not going to know much about her at all, but you find out about her as you help with her storyline and stuff like that. And then you come to an impasse where there's two in like two like a split in her story do you help her or do you you know continue continue her uh npc quest line yeah. what do you do that's on you uh, and you have uh the all-knowing i do that guy he has a pain the uh the uh the dude with the uh the spartan helmet or the spartan looking helmet mm-hmm. yeah he's the dude's kind of he's kind of he's kind of mean whenever you first meet him in the round table hold telling you he's like, Oh, uh, you may be tarnished, but you haven't earned your place in the round table hold yet. Right. That guy. Okay, okay, he, yeah. He's another tarnish there that's uh that's in the runs for Elden Lord. And then you have D, the um the Death Hunter, or the the hunter of those who live in death. Hmm. And that that whole storyline is just a completely, completely different thing. And then a lot of people make a mistake. Uh, Fia, the uh, the lady who offers to hold you when you're in the de- uh, round table hold. Mommy, mommy. Um, I love her. I, like, I love. Only... I love to just get held by her. I'm just, just hold, hold me, mommy. <laughs> I can almost guarantee everybody that listens to to this podcast is still running around with uh, Borealis's blessing. Yeah, a Bor- Boreal's blessing. I highly recommend using it because it actually holding on to that blessing in your inventory reduces your health by five percent. Really? Yeah. So essentially, you got like Elden syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't know that. Little tidbit. Nice. Yeah, fun fact. Fun that... fact. I highly recommend getting rid of it. <laughs> okay, that's funny. So and and I think uh, what it does is it it it. Uh, it transforms like like FP into po- poise or something, and I don't, I don't even know what yeah. that does. So, <laughs> so poise is more for like a like tank building. Um, the higher your poise, the, the like the more hits you can take before it interrupts your attack. Mm. So that's that's what poise really is for. It's using like great swords and stuff like that. That's or you know like a tanky mage for whatever reason you're doing a tank mage for. <laughs> okay so i wouldn't have to really worry about that but yeah no it, it what's interesting is that this game also you know like, like any other Soulsborne game th- throws you into you know all the mechanics and whatnot and there actually are 
plenty of explanations of everything. If you're actually wondering what a particular stat does, I I knew like at any point if I really wanted to know, I could go over and I could find out what poise does. But it it, it can be sort of daunting to see all these numbers up, and you're like, what am I doing when I'm leveling? You know, I'm like, you know what? I just want to want a really intelligent character, so I'm just gonna keep raising intelligence. <laughs> and then later on, I learn, okay, this is what that does. Alrighty. It's. It's it's ironic because a lot of people still don't know this. Uh, if you're actually in that menu and you press select, mm-hmm. it'll bring up like a, a help menu, and you, if you right. get explanation and That's you what hover I was over everything, about, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. A lot of people don't know about that. That's like uh, I think within up until like week three, people were running around trying to figure out how everyone has like a massive health bar, and it's like, dude, have you not been leveling into your vigor at all? Like, <laughs> come on, like that's that is what you need to survive. But people don't know that. For some That's probably reason. the only thing I would level up just how far the entire fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been pouring a lot into my uh, intelligence and my mind because I'm trying to build up a, a mage character. But uh, vigor would be like like the next thing for me. Yeah, endurance as well because you need to increase your carry load. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of been getting by just using the the default weapons and and then just trying to like level up my magic. <laughs> Because the weapons that come with the samurai class are pretty cool, but yeah, I started with the vagabond actually because I've always been like a sword and shield person, anyways, and I've built my character to be able to wield a great sword and a great shield with like medium to heavy armor. So I'm just like, hey, I'm fine with this because I I don't need I don't need something too extravagant. Yeah, and. Like a lot of people were running like the sort of night and flame before pre patch and then or like pre patch and then now people are trying to figure out like a good weapon and everyone still swears by like River of Blood and uh the Moonbale. One that a lot of people don't know is the Moonlight Greatsword because it has a range attack which does heavy frost damage and it, it builds up frostbite, which for those people who don't know, what frostbite does is while your like while your uh, frostbite meter is ticking down after it fills all the way up, you take in uh, increased damage. You it's like one point five times more damage than what you would usually yeah. take. Hmm. So if you like a, a smart move would be pair like frostbite with scarlet rod or frostbite with poison or frostbite with bleed, and then you're just doing massive amounts of damage. And then something that I figured out with one of my friends during a co-op mission that we were doing, I was helping him fight one of the bosses and I inflicted the boss with frostbite while my buddy is running a fire weapon. So I figured out that if you hit somebody with a fire weapon while they are inflicted with frostbite, it gets rid of frostbite. Oh, that makes sense. See, it's little things like that. (laughs) I never figured it because it never happened in the other and like, Dark Souls 3, but it happens in Elden Ring. Yeah. And then same thing with like the hitboxing too. Like your the registration and your hitbox of the character is just so vastly improved from Dark Souls 3. Really? It blew my mind. Because like in Dark Souls 3, if you shoot an arrow try or try to shoot an arrow between someone's legs, you're probably gonna hit one of their leg hitboxes. Well, in this one, you could literally thrust a spear and like while someone's pulling back for like a heavy attack with a greatsword, it's gonna go over them and there's no there's no like collision. And that's one thing that just blew my mind. Wow. That is that is that is really fucking cool. It happened an age ago. 
But when I recall, I see it true. On a night of wintry fog. The rune of death was stolen. And the demigods began to fall. Starting with Godwin the Golden. Queen Marika was driven to the brink. The shattering ensued a war that wrought only darkness. The Elden Ring was broken. But by whom? And why? What could the demigods ever hope to win by war? The conqueror of the stars, General Rodan. Blade of Mikola, Melania the Seventh. These two were the mightiest to remain, and locked horns in combat. But there would be no victor. So, we inhabit a fractured world, awaiting the arrival of the Elden Lord. Unless, of course, thou shouldst take the crown. It, it is amazing how much work went into this. And I know why, you know, so much of the development was so hushed for so long was that they really were just ironing it out. And it's like what we talked about on the stream, you know, you want a good game. This is how you do it. Don't fucking crunch your devs, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't give them the time to give them their masterpiece or else you're just going to fuck it up for yourself. Like I we were think... talking about, um, I think, uh, Agony were talk and I were talking about that, um, with horizon because, he had heard that Forbidden West is um, not that great of a game. And I was like, well, you got to realize they had to retro it for PlayStation 4 because they didn't have enough units, you know, to sell it with a PlayStation 5. 
And, you know, they didn't they didn't have to do that with Elden Ring. So you got the most optimal game right off the bat. You know, you get patches, you know, because players learn all sorts of shit right as you know, right as things (laughs) come out the gate. But, you know, it's not like, you know, it's they got they got the time to do what they needed to do. And it shows a lot. Like I've seen a lot of gameplay. I've watched a lot of it trying to get into it. I'm still trying to figure everything out. But it's like any other Soulborn game where you're just like, I don't know what's happening, but we're going to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> you don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on. And, and what's crazy is that, you know, that applies to both gameplay and story. And yet, you know, like you said, there is a lot to discover, but the game doesn't doesn't just give it to you. You know, you want yeah. to know more about how to how, about what's going on. You know, go read your item descriptions, explore, find out. You want to know actually what the fuck to do? Like, act how to actually play the game? <laughs> play the game, the idiot. <laughs> don't, don't kill the NPCs. They help you. Like, if, okay, so if you want to kill the NPCs, do the general, like, the like the veteran trick, right? Uh-huh. Wait until you're getting ready to start your next game. Like, let's say you're getting ready to start New Game Plus, right? Uh-huh. Don't start right off the bat because you can go to the round table hold and you can start journey two from the round table hold. Just hit no when it's asking, like when it's, you know, black screen asking, hey, do you want to start your journey two? No, nah. no, I don't, not right now. Go back through, kill all your NPCs, get your souls, get the, like, you're not going to need the bell bearing. So just grab all the souls you need, grab all the items you may need, you know, like buy all the somber, the somber smithing stones and all the smithing stones you need to po- you may possibly need yeah and then turn right around start your next game so that way you carry those smithing stones and the somber smithing stones over with you because the thing is is a, like new game new game plus five in the dark Souls series and i'm pretty sure with bloodborne and i have a strong inkling that this is also going to be the case with Elden Ring. New game plus five is when everything scales up more because mm. everything becomes harder. There's new. There's probably going to be at, like new uh, new mobs throwing into boss fights, new moves. Boss fights are going to bosses are going to hit harder. So armor is going to get a stat increase, and weapons are going to get stat increases as well. So after about new game plus five, you really want to take like a bear, like a bear, like weathered longsword, the Lord Sworn straight sword that you get from just the regular guards. Take a bear one from like New Game Four, and then a bear one from New Game Five, and compare stats because I'm most like I have a feeling that there's going to be an increase in stats. Hmm. Yeah, I, it makes sense. See, that's crazy that they would think that far into it, but yeah, I mean, you, with uh, yeah, FromSoft has multiple New Game Pluses in mind when when developing the game, and so you know, there's just like an attention to detail that they know what it's expected of them and, and they're delivering on it. Mm-hmm. I have yet to feel like unsatisfied with one of their games in all honesty. And like, I've, I've put like does like hundreds of hours into the entire series of dark souls. And now into Elden Ring itself, I have yet to feel unsatisfied fighting some of the, like fighting the bosses or, you know, exploring or, you cause you know, you find new things like, I was on my second or third playthrough and I figured out that there's hidden floors, which I had never figured. I accidentally figured that out. Um, cause I was, I was a jump attack an enemy and I missed and I hit the floor instead and I saw it just disappear. I was like, wait, and hold on now. Now I don't trust shit in this game because <laughs> there's hidden things everywhere. And the messages an, uh, can be helpful. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes people are dicks. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those assholes, actually, because I have one that has <laughs> become extremely notorious in Limgrave. It's uh, it's near like the edge of the water, huh. and it's it's me pointing out saying, "Item ahead, try jumping," 
<laughs> and so I've talked to quite a few people and people have actually like uh, made comments about how like that's like that's an asshole move because new people go in, they jump off and you know, they die. Like, it's not my fault. It's your fault for listening to the message. That's <laughs> just the way Welcome to Dark Souls, feet. bitch. No like, shit. I, I will show you what it's like. It's fine. Yeah. Trust everything and then never trust anything for the rest of your life, ever. You, you will learn to you will learn very quickly when playing Elden Ring not to trust people. <laughs> very you know like the one of the very first things I did in the game having no idea what I was doing or where I was at or what I was supposed to go and do. You know, I'm in the prologue sec section and there's a sign that literally says jump and and tells you to jump off this cliff and I'm like, "Yeah, oh, what the hell? What what's the worst that could happen?" And <laughs> Oh yeah, you found out the worst thing that could happen, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, they're, they're very notorious. It's uh, like, it's like some someone that I said uh, that I'd heard actually earlier today, because like now that we're on like the you know the asshole messages, the entirety of like the Dark Souls community is extremely toxic. And like that is that's some of it. like in that I'm part of that community. We are like one of the like the most toxic community ever. You know, you you hear how Overwatch or you know Apex or League of Legends is really bad. Like no, no Dark Souls like the Dark Souls community is terrible and notorious, and it's taking over Elden Ring as well because they gatekeep. Uh, they gatekeep and they're like, oh well, you're running this build, not this build. Well then you're like you're garbage or shit. Stop playing the game or whatever. Like it's <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. Yeah, I think I think maybe that's why I haven't really gotten into any of the communities because I'm just like, yeah, I just I just want to enjoy the game and um, yeah, build towards. I'm the type to like join like a group and like be like very in like a support, you know, like not like a support group, but like very supportive like community where they're like, hey, like if you're having trouble, try this. This one's like, now nah, fuck you. No, <laughs> no, no, uh, never. Make sure, like, if you are going to, if you're going to, like, if you need help with a boss or something, or you need help with, like, just getting items, half the time, I have the item, and I have, like, multiple duplications of the item, and I hate dupes out the ass. So, I will just give you an item that you need. I don't, if I'm not using it, and I don't want it, you take it. Take it. I, I don't need it. I'm not going to miss it. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a weapon, and... You know, if somebody out there wants this weapon, it's a it's a dagger that you can no longer get because of a death box patch. Um, I have the dagger because I found it like a couple of days before the patch. I found I, I accidentally fell down and I found it. But you can't go down there anymore because it, like there's a little death box area. So it is an unattainable item. Nice. But I do have the item. So if somebody wants it and is building a like a, a beast, uh, like a beast magic or beast mage. Because there's the beast incantations. If you are building into that and you want the dagger, it boosts the uh, beast incantations by like two or three times or something like that. I, I don't know the actual numbers, but it does boost the the damage that those beast incantations do. Nice. So if you want the dagger, let me know. I can give it to you because I have no use for it. It's a cool thing to have, though. That is that is fucking awesome. <laughs> you think you're cool? I have an item you can't get anymore, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like I think there's like a, only maybe a hundred, two hundred people who found it. So did they ever? Uh, did they ever? They ever patch the clipping through the water thing that we discovered on day one? <laughs> uh, no, because no. that's edge. That is that's the edge. 
So they I found just, out they, they just don't care. <laughs> no, that's the edge of the map. Yeah. You just like I figure out how to get to that to the island, and you actually have to go under the ground to get to the island. The island. Right. I know it's over there too. It's the uh, it's uh, Church of Dragon Communion, the first one in Limgrave. The second one is in Caled. And I found the Church of Dragon Communion, which is where when you kill a dragon, you get a dragon heart. You take that heart to that church, and then you use it, and you get dragon powers. So you can become a dragon knight or a dragon mage or something like that. So that's that was, it, it's like something that's like out of the way that if you don't know what you're looking for, if you're not actively looking for a way to get over there, you're never going to find it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Like, for instance, you know, I, I'm looking and I see, of course, the giant earth tree. But one of the other things that, that comes to mind is, is what about all these other ones? I mean, the, that one looks not that far away. Can I go to it? And you go to it yeah. and you, you, you're in an area that you probably shouldn't be yet. And there are really hard enemies. But, hey, you went there and you discovered the thing and, and you opened up your map. So <laughs> I feel like that's what I would do first thing is just run around the whole fucking map and just like run away from enemies and try and do that shit. You. You honestly very easily can. As soon as you get the horse, just fucking you can go wherever the fuck you want. And uh, I think even that boss, that Margaret, that I'm I'm still trying to get past. Like I know I can get past him if I don't want to fight him. But <laughs> that so, horse, by the way, is chunky. That's a thick horsey. <laughs> so for you, thick. Megan, the horse is extremely fucking thick. Extremely fat. <laughs> I love Torrent. Fucking amazing horse. Torrent, best As horse a, ever. Can your horse double jump? Seas. Didn't think so. Yeah, <laughs> sit down. Torrent's better. <laughs> and then Margit, you actually cannot bypass him. He is an, he is a uh, a required boss fight. Oh, is he? Okay. So, I guess I, I was um, reading up on like how to fight him and I, I thought I, I thought I saw that he was bypassable, but if not, I don't plan on it. I'm gonna fight him because I want to get the experience, but <laughs> So a lot of people think that the map ended at like the Altus Plateau where like Lindell, the capital is. It doesn't. There's there's a place north of it that you can only get after you beat uh, another boss in the capital. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's extremely story related. So you only get the option to go up there called the Mountaintops of the Giants after you beat, you know, the capital. Mm, okay. And then there's another place that's actually under the uh, the lands between. You go underground, and there's a whole nother fucking, a whole nother map. Well, I, I uh, stumbled into, like, this, like, riverbed that, and then I saw all these messages that were like, good luck, you know, and it, and it was, like, hard enemies ahead. I was like, nope. I turned right around and went right up above a ground again. <laughs> Oh, that was definitely that was definitely the CO for a riverbed. The CO for exactly where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's there's also a way to get under the Great Erd Tree as well. It's oh, really? The root Garden under there. Yeah, and I sorry if you ever find your way down there. <laughs> Very sorry. Those <laughs> those mausoleum enemies are really difficult. Uh, and then that's also where you can continue uh, the Deathbed Maidens quest line. That if you let her hold you again while you're down there you get an access to a secret boss called the Lich Dragon. And I, if you fight that thing, I am sorry. <laughs> I fought it. I fought it and I killed it. I got the achievement for it. And I was like, I'm never fighting this thing again, ever. Because I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've fought hard bosses. And the Lich Dragon is, it has the ability called Death Lightning. 
So it strikes you with lightning and then it, you know, puts like a death cloud that if you're touching it and you stay in there for too long, immediate death, no matter how much health you have, it's just instant death. Oh, does it, is it, is it the death element or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So out of all the bosses that you fought, can you compare one to that boss? Like out of another game? So I would say I would much rather fight a uh, pre-patch Radon over the Lich Dragon. <laughs> so the reason why I say pre-patch Radon is because, you know, Radon now has like uh, f- like his, his weapon hitbox is reduced by 40% and his damage is reduced by 10%. And his ag- like his uh, his aggression is has been fixed, so it's whoever hits him last, like every other boss or every other NPC. Yeah. And then um, his health was reduced a little bit. Now pre-patch for Dawn, when I fought him during the stream, uh-huh. that was a pain in the ass because that dude like he would one hit you. You could like you could have a full health bar, and he would just done. You're done. Get out of here. Like, you don't deserve to be here. Like, go away. And yeah. you have to fight Radon for Ronnie's quest. Uh-huh. And it's it's such a pain because it wasn't even, like, you know, it wasn't even the first phase. You got past phase one. You go into phase 1.5 where he has, he, like, he adds gravity magic to his abilities. So this dude's, like, a massive tank. or like He's about the size of a tree. And then he gets gravity for some reason. Uh-oh. And then at halfway health, he goes into phase two, which then he jumps up into the sky, turns into a meteor and crashes down on you. And if you get hit by it, you're dead. And it's like, dude, like there has to be a limit of what bullshit is. And it is definitely <laughs> Radon. Like pre-patch Radon is bullshit. From what game? From Elden Ring. Oh, from Elden Ring. Okay. That's another boss in Elden Ring. Yeah. Pre-patch Radon is a pain in the ass. I would much okay. rather fight. I would much rather fight pre-patch Radon as opposed to the Lich Dragon though. Yeah. Damn. The lich- well, that's probably gonna get patched then too at some point. No. No. It's a it's Secret. a hidden boss. Yeah. So it's like fuck it, you know, like you're you're here for a challenge, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to fight five bosses before you can even go into that area. So like you fight these five bosses, and then you go into the area to fight another boss. Like you're here clearly looking to suffer, have fun, and that's pretty much how it is. Yeah. Exactly. Like you go into this game, like I know when I'm loading up Elden Ring, you know, I'm I'm gonna I know exactly the experience that I'm in for. I know what I'm gonna get into. And I can't I couldn't probably stream for as long as you did. I can only do so many doses of it before I'm like, man, I just feel too punished. But the nice thing about it is, and I think the thing that makes it easier to do with Elden Ring at least though, is that, you know, there is constantly always something to do. Uh, and if you don't like what you're doing, you can go off and on the map and go do somewhere else. You can literally just explore the map for some time and, and just kind of open the map up and, and, and figure out where things are at and listen to, to merchants and, you know, hear rumors and whatnot. And, unlock things and and have a good time doing that for a while and when you get sick of that okay let's go try to tackle that boss now nope died too quickly all righty let's right let's grind up more <laughs> go, go do your own. like a lot of people don't know that uh you can meet uh, an npc called blythe uh relatively early on if you talk to kale which is the merchant in uh uh the first church of ella mm-hmm. like right right above uh the first steps if you talk to him, you go to the Mistwood Ruins, and you listen for howling. You go back and talk to Kale. Oh. He'll tell you about. He'll yeah. tell you about like a wolf, 
and then uh, he'll teach you a, an emote or a gesture called uh, finger snap. Well, if you go back to the Mistwood Ruins, you, your you fingers the, are going to meet Blythe. I, I did. I did that actually. I, I yeah. You know, and that that He's, just goes to like talking to merchants. I didn't realize at first. I was like, oh, this is kind of conversational, whatever. No, there's actually kind of a purpose here. Uh, I guess if, if there's, it, it's worth it to talk to merchants and just listen to what they have to say. <laughs> Every single NPC is worth it. Yeah. And like, you know, you'll hear people bitching about like the new edition with the map where like, if you meet an NPC, it kind of marks them on the map now. Yeah. People were kind of bitching about that, but like, dude, like that's, no, that's good. You have to understand <laughs> the map is massive. The yeah. map. You need like, some fixed points so you understand where things are. Even if you've played that game yeah. over 100 hours, you can still get lost in the game, I feel like. Because I've seen the map itself, and it's massive and extensive. And I, I, I understand that there's not, like, you know, like a game like, you know, Zelda. You know, a lot of people were comparing this map style to Breath of the Wild. Um, so, for example, like Skyrim, like, there's so many points on the map. And if you zoom out and you look at it, like it can get overwhelming. I feel like this game, it's kind of good that they added at least something. Excuse me. You are not allowed to scratch my headset. Um, sorry guys. My cat is just acting a fool. Um, anyways, um, I feel like it's kind of good that, you know, you don't have as many fixed points. So you're not just like, okay, cool. Like whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I do feel like Elden Ring is is fairly minimalist with, with the user interface in general, which is nice, you know, just throwing yourself into a world and kind of just going, wherever your heart takes you <laughs> yeah like there you have so much at your disposal right like you have so many items to use you have so much to work with right yeah they never tell you about like the 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 satchel which if you press and hold uh things like triangle for the playstation y for xbox uh-huh. it brings up um it brings up like another little interface it's like pouches that are just like quick use items. Like I have those set specifically for um, like my PVP stuff mm-hmm. or my like or my co-op stuff, so I can just put my mark down real quick, or I can pop my fur collar finger remedy real quick. I don't have to go through the whole menu to look for it or anything like that. Like it's it's stuff like that that I'm just like you know you have to quite literally look for what you need before you can do anything. And I, I fucking, I love it because I hate, I hate when games guide you so much where they're holding your hand. Okay. Now go fight this boss, go fight that boss. Like, okay, cool. You know, for an open world, you know, legend of Zelda did a really good job at holding your fucking hand. And it, you know, they also did a really good job at not punishing you for overstepping your boundaries. Right now, the biggest meme going around is Elden Ring will always find a way to fucking humble you. Yep. <laughs> and it does. Like, you know, you overstep. You're like, oh, you know, I found, you know, a chest in the like in this one like spot in Limgrave and it fast travels you to Kaled. OK, yeah. cool. I'm I'm just in another part of the map. It's fine. You walk out and you die. One hit from just like a small little NPC, like a little miner just pokes you with a stick. Get good. Dead. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Like there, there's a there's a <laughs> steep steep gap in like map sections as opposed to like you could address almost any complaint of this game with get good (laughs) yeah no you can a hundred percent and that's like that's like uh, miyazaki's favorite thing is his response when Uh dark souls first came out was get good they made a meme out of it and it (laughs) it's still wholeheartedly a thing Oh, yeah. It is the essence of it, but I guess um, we'll sort of get into our final thoughts here on Elden Ring. Um, start starting with you, Agony. What do you think, man? If 
if my experiences with Elden Ring could be summed up with just a name or even a word, I would have to say Melania as a boss. <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> with that, that, because, you know, she pretty much sums up the entire experience of Elden Ring. You jump in, you see this really majestic thing. Cool. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a, a fight. I'm going to go do it. One tap dead. Okay. Let me try to change up something around one tap dead just consistently. Oh, I finally beat the first part of her. Guess what? Phase two fucker. Have fun. <laughs> one shot dead. Like, all right, cool. So honestly, like Melania is probably the best way to explain Elden Ring. And I fucking love it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd have to agree. Honestly, Elden Ring. I mean, I haven't fought that boss battle, but it's very much what, that experience that you're describing, I think, is, is, is really just the essence of it. Um, it's something that I hadn't really... The last game I think I played that really sort of challenged me like that was Metroid Dread, I guess. And that game only has a few very hard parts. It's not a hard game overall. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> this game is hard even when you're fighting, you know, some of the most basic bosses and and that's okay i mean i think that's part of the point is is you know and that, that has always been the point of from soft games is you're supposed to die and be punished and learn be humbled as you say you know at least you have the option of going back retrieving everything so you know you you may you don't have to lose everything although i guess there are there are points in the game where if you're not careful you you very easily can lose everything you ship yes in. But that's yeah, part 100%. of the experience, you know, that's part of the, you know, welcome to Dark Souls, bitch, get good, you know, both of those memes, I think, sum up, and Elden Ring just is, is the logical progression of that for me, it's, you know, taking that format into the open world, which is honestly sort of perfect. Um, I think that they absolutely delivered on that uh, in every way, and I don't doubt that this game will get Game of the Year, just, just everything considered. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. I know, I know. I, I hey, I would be happy with Forbidden West as well, but I'm just knowing all of the hype and everything. It's like it's yeah. it, it's hard to imagine anything except Elden Ring winning. But hey, something later, something magnificent can still come out later this year. That's that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see because I I've heard that a lot of cool stuff is coming out this year. Um, but getting into my final thoughts because I'm an outsider coming into this perspective. Um. I think I think it's something that would be worth picking up. Um, I wouldn't say this is a type of game where you come home from work and you unwind because this game seems like it'll just mentally and physically <laughs> and emotionally punish you. Um, Find a guide. <laughs> Get a guide. Uh, yeah. Find somebody to help you. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, this game seems like it'd be fun to dip into and you know dip your toe in and see exactly what what the talk is all about. Because if you're not hearing about um, if you're not hearing about Forbidden West, then you're hearing about Elder Ring. And if you're not hearing about either one of those, it's, you know, what's coming out later this year. So I feel like they're in a pretty even match. And I know I'm not going to stop praising, you know, Guerrilla Games because they're just they're doing so well. And, it, you know, we're getting more content. Um, they have confirmed that. And I, I'm excited to see what's going to come from these guys because I've heard a lot of good things. Um, and, of course, I've seen Agony play hundreds of thousands of fucking hours of Dark Soul in any Soulborn game possible. <laughs> So I'm I'm excited to see what's to come for this because I've I've I I've, I've from what I've seen this game deserves the hype and even though I'm an outsider and it's not my niche um I'm happy for this this developer it seems like they're they're getting what they worked for and that's that's good for them. Fuck yeah! You still there, Agony? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, your picture was just frozen. I wasn't sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, it's definitely worth a shot. I think that if you're if if you know you've got a little bit of money and you're looking to purchase a new game this weekend, 100% get Elden Ring. I mean, it's 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 something that I think everybody should try. Um, maybe even if you're not a fan of Soulsborne games, you know, I think I, I still give it a shot because with the open world aspect, you know, there's there's another level of of what's possible and so grinding doesn't have to be monotonous i feel like for a full console game this is like the zelda of full console yeah the breath of the wild of full console yeah yeah no 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 this game is going to be talked about for quite a bit of time and you know props to george R. R. martin for crafting such a wonderful story even if all the lore is in the details and is for you to find it's it's magnificent you know what he did with it uh i mean he does that in the game of thrones show as well like he he elements a lot in his in his storytelling and you know it's not so much like a euphoria kind of thing where like you know it's like in the makeup and in the nails it's it's in the small details of like danny's hair and stuff like that in game of thrones so like for me personally as a huge george R. R. martin fan like i've read all of the books you know i've i've watched all the show fucks the last season anyways going on from that um you know just just to see that george R. R. martin is is reaching out and you know trying something completely different um, is, is cool to see. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, wanting to pick up this game just for that reason entirely, because I fucking love him as a, as a creator and a narrator. So I'm interested to see how this game could go for me. You personally. Will, you will 100% see his influences in this game. They are there. The interactions between like the characters, the environment, everything, it is there. Fuck yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is so cool. Like just, just wandering around and you come across a, a pot dude a dude that's a little pot just poking out of the ground hey will you help me out you know and just just the weirdest most random shit you know come across a boss in the wild and you're like okay cool i'm staying the the fuck away from that guy (laughs) 100 percent, especially night calvary man those dudes are terrifying big black knights on big fucking demon shrouded horses for whatever reason Mm -hmm. yeah those dudes those just mess you up but anywho, uh, I'm glad that we finally were able to talk about Elden Ring and, and, and actually get this out because, I mean, we had to talk about it. I mean, I think out of everything that came out this season, uh, this was one of the, you know, the games that I was like, we have was always on the schedule. Like, we're going to have to do yeah, something cause, 100%. just because of all the hype, even if it ends up being a cyberpunk, which thankfully it's, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, even oh, though I, I don't play wasn't. the game and I, I haven't played any of these games, I wanted to talk about it because they're like there was a lot that has been talked about and this game is so very well deserved and very well hyped that I was like, even, even if I'm not a personal player of the game, I want to fucking talk about it. So anyway, five out of 10, you can't change your genitals. Sorry. <laughs> Get customized your genitals. Keanu Reeves, gay. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Elden Ring. What a fantastic game. I'm glad that uh, that uh, I was able to play it. I'm glad we were able to talk about it. Guys, uh, we had probably a little bit of a of a schedule change just with, you know, episodes getting out whenever they got out in life or whatever. So it looks like Hellblade Cinema's Sacrifice is going to be coming out probably in May. So uh, the next thing like, that we're I mean, actually... I really hope you're on that episode, bro, because that's your shit. Uh, I picked that game for you. Motherfucker. I mean, if you guys want me there, I'll be there. Fuck yeah, dude. You're actually the whole reason why. I really wanted to... I've been talking to Ash about this, actually. I really want to do you and Victims and Villains on this one, on this next one coming up, because this is a huge game about mental health. You've played a lot of this game, and it's on your stream a lot. And, you know, we're really, really wanting to talk about it. Yeah. You, it, you know, it's ironic that you say that, too, because a lot of the viewers that I do have have, like, 
got like unnerved with Senwa's sacrifice. And it wasn't until like the end of the game where I had to explain why it was so unnerving for them that everyone just, it clicked in their heads. Yeah. The so. whole group chat, I was there when it happened. They were all like, Oh, got it. <laughs> it's 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 a crazy ass game, and I've I've barely played a little bit of it, but I did start it. Um, but we'll be doing that in May for the month of April. Of course, it's our 420 month, so uh, we're doing a 420 special on Goldeneye, which we'll be playing on original hardware. Uh, Bo's gonna, Bo, Bo and I, and hopefully Robert as well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, before that, though, our next episode is going to be Anthem. That's going to be our bad game review. Because <laughs> you know what? What better to, to pair with with that in the month of April? <laughs> Girl, I just had a memory pop up for that game, and I shed a tear of hatred. I beat that game, and I really wish I wouldn't have. I beat that game in a day and a half. Uh, I got it for Christmas. I haven't played it yet. But because Don't. I've just been busy, well, I'm gonna have Prepare to. Prepare to be woefully disappointed, bro. Prepare to be just, woefully just, fucking disappointed. Just, just start the podcast and listen to to listen to Megan bitch about it, and that's literally the entirety. Of, that's all you need. Well, we gotta check Fuck those boxes. You, we got we gotta do those. We gotta do those bad game reviews. So I'm excited for yeah. that. Um, on uh, hey hey Bo, you wanna wanna talk about what's going on with Collateral Cinema? Yes, it's going to be anniversary time, or should I say Mikeversary time, as we check out Takashi Mike's Band Masters of Horror episode imprint. That's going to be really interesting, and hopefully we'll be getting to the Cowboy Bebop episode here pretty soon. Otherwise, we might be doing something like, I don't know, So I Married an Axe Murderer or something like that. So, yeah, look for all of that coming up down the pipeline and everything. So, yeah, check out Collateral Cinema. Fuck yeah, man. And, Another uh, word from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, if you, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or feedback on your platform of choice. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. So hit us up there. We've also got a Facebook group called Collateral Media Podcasts um, where uh, anybody can pop in and post memes and news that are movie or video game or podcast related um i even fucks with anime and tv shit sometimes in there so it's it's a cool place uh check us out on pod chaser and uh, also uh make sure you give us money on our patreon yeah give us money i'm demanding it (laughs) i was already midway through the sentence we're gonna do playthroughs bro No, um, if you enjoy the podcast, you want to support what we do, uh, hit us up on Patreon and uh, with 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 your cash, yep, yep, yep. and uh, money, get money, access to bills. exclusive Let's Play video game commentaries. We'll do more as we get more money for it, um, and that money would all all goes towards the podcast and, and that because you know I I pay I pay a small fee to host this shit. It's not a lot, but it's it's something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and more money means better equipment and shit too. So, and maybe possibly quitting our day jobs and being able to focus on this. That that's my goal. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> I'd love that. Ten out of ten. Would recommend. Two thumbs up. But yeah, and so I'm really high right now. So I'm not. I'm not even on my A game. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. Fair enough. <laughs> But you can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, 
And uh, if we're there's anywhere where we're not, let us know. If you want to collab with us, if you want to guest host, whether you're a streamer uh, or, or just a gamer, just a, just a fan of, of video game shit or another podcaster, hey, we'd love to have you. If there's something that you want us to talk about, if an upcoming game is coming out, hit us up in the DMs. Uh, they're always open un- unless you're like a bot, like a sex bot. Bro... <laughs> bro <laughs> yeah I uh, yeah <laughs> don't don't if you're a sex bot don't message us please Bippity boppity back up Cinderella I don't need you in my life because <laughs> I just hit follow of- I hit follow back on everybody that follows me unfortunately and maybe I shouldn't yeah. do that but yeah yeah because then we get random ass DMs and it's like god forbid my husband looks over my shoulder and it's a sex bot I'm like how do I explain <laughs> this right now? Ash allowed to follow back <laughs> Jesus. Well, but anywho, that being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Megan. And thanks for being on, man. 100% would love to have you on again, by the way. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about it, especially if you want to be on that Hellblade episode. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm good. Just let me know what time. I'll, I'll do my best to be there. Shit. All right, guys. Well, Collateral Gaming out.
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.